Um, it's great to see you today. Uh, and if you're watching on our live stream, it's great to have you with us. Uh, my name's Luke, and I'm a member of uh, Jubilee Church. And I just want to start today uh, by saying it's a real privilege to be able to talk to you about the topic, growing in faith. But I need you to know I'm not talking to you from a place of arrival because I'm also on the journey. Actually, I'm not even the most faithful person in this room by a long shot, um, and definitely not the most faithful person to ever have walked the earth. But I'd like us this morning to go on a journey together. Is that okay? (laughs) Brilliant, that's okay. So we're going to go on a journey. Um, Shall we open up our hearts to God, and um, why don't you just stand with me? We're going to pray again. Um, I love a bit of prayer. Yeah, God, we worship you. And we thank you that you are the God in heaven who can do all things. And we turn our gaze to you, Jesus. We fix our eyes on you. For you're the God who is above anxiety and addiction and depression. You are the God of life and you give it in abundance. And I pray that you would stir in our hearts this morning. That you would have your way today that faith would arise in this place. Amen. Why don't you uh, take your seats? And if you've got one, um, do you want to open your Bible to Isaiah 43, verses 1 to 3? It's Isaiah 43, verse 1 to 3. It's, uh, It's linked to our reading from Mark that we've just heard. says this but now this is what the Lord says he who created you Jacob he who formed you Israel do not fear for I have redeemed you I have summoned you by name you are mine someone needs to hear that today God says of you I've summoned you by name You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. I know what God saved me from because I was there when it happened. I was hopelessly addicted to crack cocaine and loads of other drugs. And I know what God pulled me out of. And I know that in him, I never need to return. Are you passing through water in your life today? Is the current stronger than you can bear? Or are things heating up in this season of your life? When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Now you might be thinking, Luke, what's that got to do with faith? And how does it even relate 
to the story we've just heard in Matthew chapter 9 about a guy who brings his son to, to Jesus who's possessed by a, an evil spirit to be healed. And like I said, today we're on a journey together in this. And before we can link those two scriptures, I'm going to try my best to communicate what faith is. The dictionary defines it as this. It says, faith can be defined as a complete trust or confidence in someone or something. A complete trust or confidence in someone or something. And if you look around society today, you'll see people putting their faith in all sorts of different things. There's a person who puts their trust in their friendship group, in their job, in their family, in their ability or their skill set. But sadly, in today's economy, we see friendships that are ever shallow, based on the click of a button on social media. We see families in meltdown through divorce and we see financial struggles as the job you trusted in fails. The company lays off people to reduce outgoings and maintain profit and your skill set in that environment is rendered useless as you struggle to double down on an impossible workload and you're stretched beyond your physical limit. Just look in the news today. You see it, doctor strikes, nurses strikes, teachers strikes. And all the while, the gap between the rich and the poor gets bigger and bigger. It's easy to see why people are losing faith in these things. Ever hoping for change to come? Or is it just me? Am I the only one here who struggles with this stuff? I don't think so. The writer of Hebrews shows us that there is a link between hope and faith. Hebrews 11, verse 1, it says this, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. I like the New King James Version. It says it like this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. You see, faith is the currency of heaven. It brings substance to the things we're hoping for, despite what we see or experience now. Faith is a complete trust in God to fulfill his promise in your life, despite what you see or feel. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, They will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. I'm going to keep talking this promise of God over your life today. In our reading today, Mark recounts a story of a man who was going through a difficult time. His son was possessed by a mute and deaf demon. And this caused him to have convulsions. And Mark doesn't tell us how old the son was, but verse 21 shows it had gone on since childhood. 
Now, I don't know how many parents we have in the room, but if that was my child, or my brother, or my sister, or my friend, 24 hours in that state is more than enough. Too much to bear. I'd want an instant fix. You'd want an instant fix. My wife, Kudzi, and I, we experienced a situation uh, with my youngest son, Joshua, when he was six months old. Uh, Joshua got chicken pox. Pretty standard, isn't it? Scabby little children running around the house. Uh, But the problem was Joshua got sepsis through chicken pox. And I was a second-year student nurse uh, working on uh, A&E at the time in my placement. And I got home from placement and I took one look at my baby boy and I knew we had to go straight to where I'd just come from uh, because he was sick. I'm going to struggle to share this with you. (laughs) As a nurse, I knew he was in a bad way because I saw the blood results and I saw the observations and I knew what they meant. And they passed around terms like encephalitis, which is where your brain swells back down the hole. If it does that, you will be brain damaged. And we watched our child become less and less responsive. It was a bad situation. It got to the point uh, where in earshot of my wife, the nurse leaving for shift said, that little boy's not going to be here tomorrow when I come back to work. See, humanly, my son was dying and his organs were shutting down. And I'd love to tell you that I stood there as a Christian in complete trust, void of all doubt and fear, but that would be a lie because I was consumed with fear for my son's life, powerless to do anything to save him. For those of you who know Kudzi, though, it was a different story. Same room, same circumstance, different facial expression. She's a brute. Kudzi was stern-faced. And she stubbornly refused to listen to those terminologies. She even told me, and it hurt when she told me this, if you're going to talk like that, you might as well go home. As I voiced my uh, unbelief, my doubt. In fact, every time the medical staff or anyone else spoke anything negative about Joshua's situation, whether it was a family member or a friend, whether it was a pastor or a fellow person from church, whether it was someone at work, whether it was a doctor or a nurse or a healthcare assistant. Do you know what Kudzi did? She stood on the word of God. She rebuked the terminology, and she stood on this word. Psalm 118, verse 17 says, I will not die, but live, and will proclaim what the Lord has done. And she even personalized it. 
Now, don't judge her, because I know it says you shouldn't add to the Bible, but she said, Joshua, you will not die, but you will live, and you will proclaim what the Lord has done. Every time. She didn't waver. I had to go home every night, because she could only have one parent there. It was horrendous. And we had people praying from churches we'd never been to. Word got round through like Jubilee and our other church and people were praying for us and, and we had working on shift, Dr. Toka and Dr. Joy, they were both Christian doctors um, who had heard about our child through their church while they weren't at work and had been praying for him and then came into work to look after him. And they offered us prayer. They offered to pray with us. And you know, when it seemed most bleak, Kudzi reminded me in Matthew 15, 21 to 28, we're not going to read it now, but it's the story of a Canaanite woman who goes to Jesus and the Jews and the Canaanites, they couldn't really be in the same room at the same time. And, and she got told to go away, you can't, you can't eat from this table. She said, even the dogs you know, eat from the table. And, and it, it, talks, it infers that healing is in the, chill, in, in the bread. And so she, she said to me, she looked me straight in the face because we'd just been told it didn't look good. The, the best case scenario was 10 weeks stay in hospital um, and brain damage. She looked me straight in the face and she said, I'm not having that. He will not die, but he will live and he will proclaim what the Lord has done. We need to take communion. And stand on his promise. Kudzi had put all of her trust in God to heal our child. And I had to repent from my unbelief and leave my family in communion. And the nursing staff tried to interrupt us. We've got everything ready a little bit of juice, some crackers. And this nurse wanted to put a drip up, and Kudzi just told her to sling her up. She was like, you can't come here now. We're doing this. Because she knew that in spite of any medical professional, any healthcare thing, outside of God's promise and God's provision, the situation was hopeless. All of our trust was in God. We took the communion and we prayed and I had to leave because visiting hours were over and only one parent could stay and I went home and I prayed uh, only to return the next day to see my son who had been non-responsive just hours before pulling himself up on the cot side and I knew then and there that God had healed him The day after we were discharged from HRI, and you know, if you know Joshua, you'll know he's definitely not got brain damage. Doesn't sit down or be quiet at any point in the day. Yeah. That was the hospital's best scenario for us. But he was not going to die. He was going to live to proclaim what the Lord had done. You see, I had doubts. 
I had doubts and I want you to know there's nothing wrong with doubts arising en route to your promise. In fact, I think it's a very natural response. But we aren't natural in Christ. We are supernatural. So we can't loiter in doubt for too long. You see, just like the man who brought his son to be healed and had watched a demon taking his son's life from him, Kudzi and I had watched a sickness sapping Joshua's life away. And just like the man in Mark 9, we put our trust, our confidence, our faith in Jesus to heal him. And just like the man in Mark 9, I experienced unbelief. I even remember praying the same prayer of repentance. Yeah? I do believe, but help me in my unbelief. I don't hear what I'm not saying. Because we don't believe at Jubilee, um, and I don't personally, in a, a blab it and grab it faith. Yeah? Frankly, anyone teaching that as faith sets themselves up for a failure. You see, there's a big difference to someone who attempts to manipulate the word of God to get a desired outcome. Compared to someone who calls God's word back to him, completely trusting him that whatever the outcome, whatever the outcome, His will is perfect. I'm so grateful that our outcome was healing. But others haven't seen that and yet still have a rooted faith in God. We could trust God because we knew what his word said about him. We'd taken time to study his word. We'd embedded it in our heart. And we knew his promises that became the solid ground that we were standing on. The man in Mark 9 had also heard about Jesus. And because of this, he knew the characteristics of God, that God was faithful, that God could heal, that God could do the impossible in that situation and make it possible. It became a firm foundation for him to stand upon and ask God to heal his son. Faith is the complete trust in God to fulfill his will and his promise in and through your life. It's the currency of heaven bringing substance to the desire we once hoped for. But what if it doesn't happen? or it doesn't seem to be happening. We already said that we know people who, in our situation, lost their child. It's horrific. But those same people I see living their life in complete trust of God, despite that. Pastor Andy from Portsmouth Family Church, where Kudzi and I met, taught me about the corridor of faith. And he used to say that his mum would say to him, have you got a word for that? So he'd have something he was hoping for or a situation he was going through. And his mum would say, have you got a word for that? Have you got a scripture? Have you got a promise of God that you're standing upon? Because outside of that, there's no foundation. 
Because he had a promise of God to stand on throughout Joshua's situation. And Pastor Andy told me once this, because I was a bit rough around the edges once, a long time ago. <laughs> he said, Luke, God's more concerned about your behavior in the corridor rather than when the door is open and you walk into the promise. God's about the journey. I've just spent a week with my mate Dave uh, in Scotland riding about on a motorbike. And I can tell you that at no point in the week was I bothered about where we were going to end up. It was about riding around. It was about seeing the sights. And God's like that. He's bothered about your journey. Are you waiting for a breakthrough? For when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. I've got some very dear friends I'm doing life with called Andrew and Adina. They live down south. And I met Andrew in an online Christian men's ministry as we uh, began to talk in the group. It became quite apparent that we were going to get on well. Uh, by well, I mean he had the same horrendous banter that I did and we needed a private group to have chats in. Um, they couldn't be public. So we had this private conversation going and I was really saddened to learn that since 2015, Adina had been battling an aggressive form of cancer. I think in total she's had nine operations now. Um, multiple bouts of chemotherapy which have had varying success in treating that cancer. But it's left both physical and mental trauma in their lives. And I spoke to Andrew uh, yesterday, and I said I was talking about faith and that I wanted to share about their great faith in God. And I asked his permission to share this. This is what he said in reply to me. He said, the truth is, I would not really describe myself as particularly faithful. We don't go to church. We don't pray enough. We don't read our Bible enough. We don't do all the things that other Christian people do or they say that you should do. However, Adina and I have both said that when you get into a situation like where she is, there really is nowhere else to go. There is no hope in the world. The only hope we really have and the only thing that is good and worth holding on to is God. The only thing that truly remains the same no matter what. It's the greatest faith I see walking alongside me. And it breaks my heart when we go through the, the downs and the ups, we have little victories and little celebrations together as we stand and pray with them. And, and they celebrate their victories by thanking God. And they put their faith in his promises in spite of what they see or feel or what's going on around them. Do they get it right 100% of the time? No. But in the corridor of faith, they maintain in relationship with a God who says, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. 
When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you away. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. Just ask the band to come back up. Are you ready to step out in faith? I'll ask you again. Are you ready to step out in faith? Yeah. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. There is an action here we need to do. We need to profess our hope in his word, in his promises. In this context, profess means to admit, to confess, to acknowledge, to take ownership, to agree, to allow, or to recognize his promise in your life. As we do this more and more, we exercise faith like a muscle, and our faith grows. Salvation starts at faith. Faith receives the gift of eternal life. Just give me a tinkle, mate. Yeah, on that piano. Yeah. Set the mood. Salvation starts at faith. Faith receives a gift. A gift of eternal life. Through Jesus. There's no other way. But if I receive this gift and don't open it, or I leave it on the table over here, it's there. But if I receive it and don't open it, and I receive eternal life, I receive that saving grace that Jesus promises. And I walk through my life, there are so many people I see, Christians in church, carrying this box. don't tear the paper don't get it dirty don't spill your tea on it waiting to get to heaven to trade it in like it's going to do anything there you're already there this gift's meant to be open now when I was a kid and I got given a gift I didn't need to be told to open it It was torn open, and I pulled out my promises from God. The Lord's love never ends. His mercies never stop. And when I am afraid, I'll trust you. Don't miss out on using what's inside your gift here on earth it's like there are many people walking around with that pretty little box carefully proceeding through this life, they're waiting to exchange it on the way into heaven and missing out on accessing the goodness of God in your life, here today is that you? or are you in the corridor this morning? do you have a word from God for your situation? If not, then get one. 
Do you need to act in faith and open the box?